I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, friends, to another r slash pro revenge video. Today, we've got a great revenge story against a misogynist. But first, a story from Dorquette. When it's occupied, it's occupied. This happened on a popular island beach destination in an Asian country. For context, I traveled to this island for vacation with my family, including my infant child. As we needed to take an early morning flight, I drank a lot of coffee to make myself functional. The flight was at 8.30 and I was able to go to airport toilets shortly before that. And even though I felt like I needed to go to the toilet again during the flight, I held it in because my baby fell asleep in my arms. I didn't want to give him to my husband because the baby's a light sleeper. So we land on the island at 10. We were staying at one of the nicer resorts. They had their own airport shuttle service which takes guests to a welcome area from which a speedboat will take you to the actual resort. By the time we got to the welcome area, it's around 10.30. When we entered, I saw there was a trio of women who were already waiting for the speedboat. They were just chilling on sofas. By this time, I badly needed to pee. Thankfully, the place had a toilet, so I went in. Not 30 seconds after I enter, someone knocks on the door. It's occupied, I answer, but no, the knocking doesn't stop, and the doorknob is even jiggled. Now, the only thing I've had all day was a lot of coffee. I'm also the type of person who gets a lot of hyper-acidity when I don't eat, so by then I was feeling quite gassy. Normally, I would have exerted all my strength to not let the fumes out, but heck, trying to distract a person who's on the toilet is rude, so I let it rip. I went out and, yes, the woman waiting outside the door was one of the women who were already there before we got there. She might or might not have learned a lesson, but I sure felt quite relieved after. I've got a hard-hitting question after reading this story. If you have like a porta potty type situation and you're in there, should it be expected etiquette to hold any extra methane in? Or even if it's like a porta potty and there's probably people outside the door waiting, is that a place where it is just acceptable to let go? I'd like to know your guys' thoughts in the comments down below. Our next story is from Potanos. I cannot assure that. So this happened about two weeks ago. I was in Vienna for only a few hours with two backpacks, one on each shoulder, and a big plastic bag that was full of cold sandwiches and snacks. My snack bag. Since I'd had almost a two-day trip ahead of me, long story short about that, I was traveling through Europe and I was going from train to train to get to my home city, so now I was on the Wien HBF train station, waiting for my train to show up on the giant screen. And I had some trash in my snack bag that I wanted to throw away, so I said to a woman who was standing next to me if she could keep one of my bags so I could go and throw away the trash. Her response was, I can't assure that. I said I'd only be gone a minute since the trash bin was only a few meters away. Again, she said, I can't assure that. So I left my stuff there, threw the trash away, and went back to where I was sitting. At this point, I got a little hungry, so I got out my snack bag, some small wafers that had chocolate around them. There was only like three to four left, so I decided to eat them and throw away the package after. Now, as soon as I get them out of the bag and eat one of them, she looked at my direction, saw that little snack, turned to me and said, 
Oh, I really love these little wafers. Can I have one? I looked at her straight in the eye, and with a small smirk I say, I cannot assure that, while I eat the very last one out of the package. She looked at me shocked, turned around, and stormed off. Not much of a revenge story, but I will never forget the face she made, and I wanted to share that story. I mean, to be fair, although it's a very minor thing to watch the bag while somebody steps away, I feel like I would be kind of annoyed if somebody was like, Hey, can you watch my bag for a second? I mean, I'd probably say, okay. But like, if I'm in any kind of public transport place, whether I'm sitting there with a plane layover for hours, I don't want to be put in charge of somebody else's belongings. But I do want some chocolate-covered wafers. Our next story is from Snowwolf777. I took all the toilet paper. This takes place well before COVID in 2016. My husband, 28-year-old male at the time, and I, 26-year-old female, were having difficulties in our relationship. He was verbally, mentally, and sexually abusive when he didn't get his way, or when he was drunk. I had enough of it and suggested we get help from a professional. He would always try and get to go to his friends to talk things out, but I wanted professional help. And he was in the army, so the army would have covered it. He agreed and started getting some real help for him. I know this part is serious stuff, but it's just background information and not for what I pulled my revenge on. He was getting better, and then his grandfather died, so he left for a month. Nothing big for me, he was in the army, I was used to it. But when he came back this time, he immediately asked for a divorce. Now, we have a son between us, and at the time, my mother came out to help me with taking care of him because he still wasn't sleeping through the night. It was also on my birthday when he came back, so I asked why. He went into a rant about how I was the problem and proceeded to gaslight me. On my birthday, in front of my mother. I see red, so I agree. A few months later, I found love letters between a girl he went to college with dating back to two years before my son was born, with very detailed descriptions of what they were doing together in bed. We had been married for five years. So I call up my parents. I don't tell them anything, just that he's kicking me out. He was, and we were in base housing, so I had no choice. They came out, and I packed all my things. And then I packed all the toilet paper in the house, the cooking utensils, both the Xboxes, every bar of soap, left the bed frame but took the mattress, and all of the legal documents we had, without saying a word to him. He then sent me a very angry text about how I should have asked for his help, and he didn't even want to talk about what I took. He then texted, I'll let you have full custody of our son if you give me back the Xboxes. I said our son is a person, not a thing that can be traded away, and that I would see him in court. A week after that, I found out that he moved in with the girl he was cheating on me with, so I casually let his significant other know that his wife was no longer living with him and he got kicked off of base housing. I won my case against him by bringing in copies of all the love letters and have full custody of our son. And, to this day, I say I'm happily divorced. Honestly, considering the circumstances, I say OP deserved everything they got here. Full custody, keeping all that stuff. But I'm kind of impressed that this wasn't a more dragged out process where the belongings between them weren't kind of divisive. I guess it really depends on where you live and what the rules and laws are. Some places mandate it has to be 50-50. Some will want to get like a full register of what you got and divvy it up. I guess in this case, they just figured it was fair. It's also incredibly depressing to hear 
Well, I'll let you have the kid if you give me the Xboxes back. Dad of the year, anybody? By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is from Santa's other brother. Peter the Toolmaker makes another change and gets caught. This was the early 90s. Yes, progressive dye designs should have been done in CAD, but these weren't for a couple reasons. In traditional progressive dye design, what's important is that A, the strip layout, showing how the part is progressively blinked and or formed, and B, split line dimensions, the splits between blocks to create critical dimensions. Everything else was up to the toolmaker. Our hero, Peter the Toolmaker, did quotations for new dyes and designed them as well. His quotes, for the time required, came out of thin air. Once they got the job, he would design the die. Some thought went into his progressive die designs, but all the math was done manually and he was sloppy. In this shop, toolmakers worked from the original pencil drawing. Sooner or later, a mistake shows up in a split line dimension, which affects every dimension after it in the progression. Big problem. Toolmaker, not me, eventually figures out the problem and shows it to Peter. Peter takes the original drawing back to his office, figures out his mistake, changes the drawing, then runs to the president to complain that the toolmaker made a big mistake. The president comes to investigate. I can only imagine how much fun this was. Follow the drawing, get chastised for it. After this happened a couple times, the toolmakers started photocopying the original drawing and hiding their copies, because they knew it was going to happen again. Sooner or later, there's another problem. Peter takes the original drawing back to his office, figures out his mistake, changes the drawing, then runs to the president to complain that the toolmaker made a big mistake. President comes to investigate. Toolmaker, not me, pulls out his photocopies for president to see. Toolmaker explained exactly what happened and why. Toolmaker explained that this had happened before. Peter was exposed. Peter looked like a complete jerk in front of the president, but managed to keep his job, sad face. What I'm struggling to understand here is how does somebody who draws up the plans screws up continuously and then is proven to falsify the documents to cover up their ineptness still get to hang around and still get to do their job they must have been so in with whatever management that dude should have been sunk our next story is from pat mahiney misogynist simmering the payback about two years ago i was in a government agency class i 45 year old female was the head of an agency In my field, there's usually only 10% women. It was also a class that someone at my level should have taken many years prior, but old supervisors wouldn't approve it, so I was in the class with mostly first-line supervisors. This class had about 30 students, all in the same field of work. There were six women, a higher percentage than usual. Half of the women were upper management too, but not agency heads. We were split up by tables, five students per table, We were assigned our seating for the week-long class. I was late the second day of class. The main instructor, 62-year-old male, didn't let me live it down all week and practically brought it up after every break and each morning. I could tell he was a narcissist ego jerk, dealt with plenty of such personalities in my 25 years in the field. He made lame jokes as often as he could about my tardiness and I knew it was because of my rank. No jokes about the men who were late all the time. 
I didn't say anything back and shrugged it off because it's not in my nature to take bait. I also knew he would just twist it publicly because of my rank. Throughout the week, he also targeted two of the management females who sat at the front of the class. He often made jokes about their size, age, or whatever. Didn't do anything nearly this bad to the men. When he would make jokes about me or the women, I often saw some of the men look around awkwardly. I'm guessing they didn't like it, but of course they said nothing. All week we had to take notes because we would do scenarios the fourth day and have to do group presentations the last day. The main instructor played the role of an employee who had done unethical acts and was under investigation. During the scenarios, you would have thought he was working on a SAG card or something. The last day, the group with the two management females was last to present. In their presentation, because we could make up whatever we wanted for resources, the group indicated they had hired a behavioral psychologist to evaluate the bad employee and write up a profile on him. It was priceless when I saw their PowerPoint included a slide with a picture of the instructor saying, Control freak psychopath, narcissist, has to keep working at age 62 because he's such a jerk that he has four wives to pay spousal support to them, puts women down because it boosts his ego, all in front of the entire class. Everyone roared. The instructor sitting in the back said with clenched teeth, Can't say much when it's true. I do have four ex-wives. We women just looked at each other in gratitude for the amazing public payback. You gotta tip your hat though to this instructor, because when they were absolutely blasted in front of the entire class, they actually owned it. At least they know when they were beat and properly exposed there. I can't believe they actually just basically said, yeah, it is true. Our next story is from Spooky Scary Goth Girl. Glitter bomb me? Have fun typing. This story goes back to April Fool's Day this year. I, 31-year-old female, have lived with my grandparents for years with the idea being that I'll help pay them out for the rest of their lives. My grandpa, 82-year-old male, has always been known as a trickster. He loves pulling harmless pranks that just generally cause a mess. This year, he gave me a box that supposedly contained a late birthday present, but was actually a small glitter bomb. As you can imagine, I was covered in glitter, and it was everywhere. We had a good laugh about it, and he thought he won. Well, he was wrong. While he was out for an appointment, I hatched my revenge. Remembering that he sucked at technology, I figured out the perfect way to get back at him. I went to his computer and switched around all the letters on his keyboard. I just popped out all of the letter keys, then put them back in a completely different order. Grandpa's the kind who does the hunt and peck method for typing, so I knew he didn't really know the position of all the keys. Sure enough, later that day, he went to play his games on his computer. He sat down, started typing his password, and the computer naturally wouldn't let him in. I could hear him grumbling from the other room about this stupid thing not working. Naturally, he called me in to watch him and see what he was doing wrong. It took all I had not to immediately start laughing as he started going on about the machine not letting him in. I then watched him type his password in one letter at a time, obviously to no avail. At this point, he asked me to get him in. I typed in his password the correct way, and he was like, What? You just pressed a bunch of nonsense keys. Did you change my password? I love When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Lost it. After I composed myself from laughing so hard, I explained what I had done. He understood it after I popped one of the keys out and proceeded to call me a little crap. I put the keys back in the right order and all was well. This is just giving me flashbacks as a kid seeing my parents with one of their first computers and watching them go tap tap just like searching around one index finger above the keyboard just kind of circling around trying to find the right key. As soon as I find the L we're going to be in business. Our next story is from Tinsel Pandora. You can try to be low-key racist while I'm at work? I can't promise I'll let you get away with it. I, 25-year-old female, used to work in one of the Canadian banks as an advisor five years ago. My job was to help create investment plans for people so that they can save for retirement, buying a home, children's education, etc. I had this older couple come in to see me, and they were in their late 60s, early 70s, and wanted to talk about saving some money for a few travel plans they wanted to go on in the next few years. Throughout the conversation, the husband would not stop making passive-aggressive comments about my age or my skin tone. After guessing incorrectly multiple times where I was from, he just asks me flat out, Where are you from? And as I tell him I'm from the Middle East, he begins to go on a tirade about how him fighting overseas is what allowed me and my people to come over to Canada on their boats? Which one, what the freak? Two, I was born and raised in Canada. And three, sir, this is a Wendy's. It isn't, but still uncalled for. So me being the sassy crap I am, I look right into his eyes which are glowing with pompous arrogance as if he got me, and say, wow, thank you for your service. You fought so me and my people can come here on boats, and yet here you are getting financial advice from me. His wife looked like she was about to choke laughing and his face went bright red, and he didn't say a single word to me again, which actually is a happy end to this. There was a beautiful reply from OP. This guy tried to put OP's entire existence and being in Canada down, and OP just mopped the floor with them. Well, for somebody that had to come over on a boat, you sure seem to be in dire need of my help. Our next story is from LegZP. Waste my time while being a garbage human? Have fun paying me. I drive for Uber on the side. A few weeks ago, I got a ride to pick someone up around midnight. The account holder told me to honk my horn when I arrived. I was hesitant to do this after midnight, but I honked once so the rider would know I was there. Nobody came outside, and the account holder said to keep honking. I decided against honking and I knocked on the door. Someone answered, and she said that nobody had an Uber ride. However, she suddenly had a moment of realization. 
It turns out that her ex-boyfriend had created the ride for her new boyfriend, but neither she nor her boyfriend knew that he did this. She had let him use her Uber account, and she never removed his access. She called him, and he tried to play it off as trying to be helpful and considerate. However, it was clear he just did not want this guy to be around her. After the real account holder got off the phone, I talked with her some more about the guy. She told me the reason they were no longer together was that he beat her up. I also confirmed that the account was her account and that his payment information was being used. I jokingly said that she should just change the password and I would ride around for a while to charge him. She fully agreed and told me to go make my money. I didn't even follow the route that was listed. I just went near where I live and I drove around for 30 minutes while my friend and I laughed our butts off at the guy's stupidity. Also, there's no chance that any of this will come back on me. He won't be able to report anything to Uber because it's not his account. And Uber doesn't investigate any weird rides unless the ride is reported to them. The only way that he would be able to get his money back is if he tried to issue a charge back with his bank. I don't feel the slightest bit of guilt over what I did, especially considering that he beat up his girlfriend. You can just chalk this up as more or less being the donkey tax, you know, for being a donkey to his ex-girlfriend, or the garbage tax for being a garbage human. You can't say that somebody that did that to an ex-girlfriend doesn't deserve at least that, if not worse. Our next story is from late Reddit though. Spill my drink on me and not shrug? Got it. This happened a couple hours ago. I was at a club and walking to the other end of the long dance hall towards the exit. About mid-dance hall, a random guy bumps into me, steps on my shoes, spills half of my full cup on me in the floor, then shrugs. Most people would offer apologies with words and body language. In fact, it happened often and I always got apologies and offer them when I do the bumping in. I walk past, believing I could forget it, but can't quite get past that shrug. It was burning a massive hole and several small ones in my brain. Now, I was almost at the end of the dance hall, so I turn around and head straight for him, bump into him, and empty the rest of my cup on him, then shrug and walk past. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. I don't really blame OP here. I am like the least socially outgoing person for sure. There's times in my life where somebody held the door open for me and I was awkward and didn't say thank you or something. But that's one thing. If I bumped into somebody, if I just like grazed somebody, I would be like immediately apologizing. Like I just, that's just like the natural on switch in the back of my brain if something like that happens. If you bump into somebody and they spill their drink, I just, I can't imagine being stoic. Maybe their less than coherent reaction was, uh, influenced. Our next story is from JLB183. Honk at me because you want me to leave my parking spot faster? Years ago, I attended a large urban university that I commuted to. This university had many commuters, as opposed to people who lived near or on campus. As such, the parking situation could get really difficult. If you arrive there during the busier times, about 10 a.m. to noon, Because what college student wants to start class before 10am, right? Finding a parking spot close to the center of campus was really difficult. There were plenty of spaces available at lots that were located further away, but that would mean a 15 or 20 minute walk to class. My first class of the day, however, was at 8am, so I could drive right into the main parking deck near the center of campus and have my pick of spots. 
By the time I would leave campus, the parking deck would be full of panicked students driving like maniacs through the parking deck, trying to find a parking spot in the very full deck, and hoping to get lucky that they'd see someone pulling out and be able to snag that spot. It was really chaotic. Typically, I would return to my car, get in, carefully pull out into the madness and drive home. But one day, another driver was stalking me on my walk to my car, and then watching me get in when they decided that I wasn't leaving fast enough. So they honked their horn at me and made a rude gesture. As a result of that, I suddenly realized that my window washer fluid needed to be topped off, and I had better check my oil. I deliberately walked to the back of my car, opened the hatch, and got out my spare bottle of washer fluid and a paper towel. I then popped the hood and carefully filled the washer reservoir and checked my oil. The idiot that had honked at me drove off in a rage. The guy that was stuck behind the rage driver was laughing and gave me plenty of room to pull out of my spot, then pulled into the now vacant parking space. Most satisfying petty revenge ever. I feel like if I was an OP situation, in my heart I would want to do the same thing, but I just hate confrontation. I probably would just like give no reaction, get in my car, pull out at my own pace and whatnot. But man, do I love OP's version way more than I would have handled it. This next story is from Denise DeNephew. Left my old place due to bad management. My Glassdoor review comes up a lot in their interview process. So I'd been working at a small agency for eight years. I worked my way up from a junior to senior management very quickly. For most of the eight years, the managers were very nice to me, but I witnessed them be crappy to other members of staff a lot. But because it never involved me or my team, I never stepped in. A few months before I left, something happened where my MD was yelling at me in front of my team. This was something completely out of my control and, in the grand scheme of things, completely fixable and a non-issue. It was just I didn't have the correct information for her then and there. I typically handed in my notice after this incident and made it clear of my distaste in the management. After I left, I put a very honest but fair review on Glassdoor. I mentioned the manager's mood swings and historic abusive behavior. It's been four months since I left there, and I feel so much happier. I'm still in contact with a few people that work there, as I was great friends with them. They've been telling me that my review has caused them to lose three great candidates in interviews and has caused others to start putting more information on Glassdoor about them. The MD salary was put on there and it has been quite a stir. She earned triple of what I was making, yet all of us did triple the amount of work she did. I've heard that four people have added in their notice this week alone. The place is only a 20 person company. I've heard from one of the staff members that my review, although the managers don't fully know it was my review, has caused the two managers to finally see the issues with each other and now they're blaming each other for it. This place seems like it's quickly swirling down the drain. Not only are they purging staff but now they're infighting seems kinda doomed to me. If you worked at a place that honestly you hated, maybe you were mistreated, would you leave a review on a public forum about your experience there, even if it is impossible to be anonymous in it? I think that's honestly one of the biggest roadblocks is you just don't want to be identified or accused of anything. Our next story is from Strict Razmataz 57 Lady barges in front of me. 
I read the story of a couple coming back from a honeymoon and it reminded me of this moment. Came back from an overseas trip and was in a lineup for customs and immigration. The official split up the line into five or six lines to expedite things. I reached the front of my line. The counter to my left opened up and I started to move towards it. Lady at the front of the line to my right decided to cut across my row and rush to the counter. I stated, hey, stick to your own row. She ignored me. The official behind the counter also stated, you can't just butt into someone else's row. Stick to your own lineup in the counter in front of that line. The lady ignored her and pretended not to speak English. So the official decided to examine every single document she had. Examine every single item in her purse, her bags. As I went up to the next official and got waved through, I looked back at this lady, completely flustered at this point, getting completely reamed and nitpicked in extreme detail. Don't mess with the officials. Although you may believe that their jobs are not that necessary and you might believe that at security theater, you don't really want to like make it a habit, I think, of making their jobs harder. All I know is, is especially if you're anywhere else other than the US, customs agents can be pretty intolerant of any funny business. And our final story of the day is from Bodacious Vermin, Turnaround is Fair Play. This event took place in the late 1980s, back when Sun Microsystems had small, powerful, for the time, desktop Solaris, Sun's version of Unix systems. 2GB SCSI drives were considered amazing. I was writing training material on an application that was new to us, and I was also inexperienced at administrating such a system. I was more of a DOS guy. However, I had colleagues a phone call away, and between us, we figured things out. One time, I'd inadvertently deleted a directory, and wanted to recover it so that I wouldn't have to do a reinstallation. I was quite familiar with recovering files and directories in DOS, but not in Unix. So I called my friend and colleague to ask his opinion. He helpfully told me, sure, go get your backup and restore from there. You do have a backup, don't you? He was being cheeky, as he was quite aware that I didn't have any backup, and also that restoring would be a few hours of sitting around, hitting the keyboard occasionally, in other words, inconvenience. We had a chuckle and I set about fixing my problem. A year or two later, I had learned a lot and became the go-to guy for the software and had decent admin skills for the time. The same friend and colleague called me up one day to inquire if I could assist him in the recovery of a file that he had deleted. I said, sure, go get your backup and restore from there. You do have a backup, don't you? He paused, then delivered some choice words, and we both laughed. He had to recreate his file. I still miss working with the fellow. I'm just glad that in this situation it was all laughs. I don't know if it's me just speculating, but it seems to me like I've always heard stories that people who work in this field, whether it's IT or coding or application administration with tech, it attracts some really big ego guys for some reason. Like, I feel like in a lot of places, if OP had a situation like this, you'd have that stereotypical guy that, like, pushes up their oversized glasses and is like, you don't know how to recover files in Unix, huh? I learned that, like, five years ago, but uh, I guess I could help a rookie like you out. The kind of guy that makes you just want to go, forget it, I'll just figure it out somehow myself. Let me spare your brain processing power. 
But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.